Welcome to Common Sense Coalition Talk Radio, where you'll find straight talk from people with good old common sense. I trust your opinion. And now, for your host, he's putting sense back into nonsense. Absolute insanity. Well, you can hear me on the Your host, Beth Ann. And I welcome you today to CSC Talk Radio. It is my honor, my privilege, and my pleasure to be here with you today. We're going to go straight to the Lord in prayer, and then we've got several things we want to talk about. I'm going to have a new guest today, somebody that's new to CSC Talk Radio, and we'll see how that goes here in just a little bit. He's uh, somebody that uh, another one of you listeners requested that I have on, so we're going to do that here in just a little bit. For such a time as this, most gracious Heavenly Father... We thank you. Father, You, we thank you for the abundance you have given us. Even in the poorest here in this nation, we are rich compared to others. And Father, we are also an ungrateful people at times, and I, I wish that weren't so. We've had so much for so long that we take it all for granted. And yet tomorrow it could be gone. Just because. But Lord, you have blessed us and your hand has continued, you have continued to place your hand of protection on this nation, even though we don't deserve it. Father, I ask for forgiveness for myself and I pray that this nation, as a nation of people, one nation under God, will come back to that. That we will truly be a nation under God. Father, I ask that you will bless today's show. Bless me, bless the listeners, and bless my guest when I bring him on here in the second segment. Father, may we be able to have the gift of discernment and sift through all the information that we gather. I believe for such a time as this, you have placed me right here as well as the listeners right there. Together with you, Father, may we bring America home. It is in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So we do have a call to action today. Judge Jackson is unfit to sit. And I'm going to ask you to give your um, senators a phone call at 202 Two two four three one two one. Of course, that is the switchboard for Congress. But you need to call your senator. So start there. I don't have the phone number of each and every one of your senators. But if you happen to have a senator named Lisa Mikowski or Susan Collins or Mitt Romney, perhaps you should give them a call. Two zero two 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 four thirty one twenty one. We have found out a lot about Judge Jackson. And they will be voting on that later this week. She is unfit to sit on the Supreme Court. Not because of her gender and not because of her skin color. It is her soft on crime against child sex offenders. It's her poor character. She's unfit to sit. You know, she said right away, 
that she has her own interpretation of the Constitution. I believe it should be taken literally. But that's me. And I believe the American people need to be reading it. Because that is our law. I'm going to have a special show here in another oh, week or two. I'm working on it now. And it will be about the promises from Congress. Everybody remembers the uh, promise of Newt Gingrich back in, I think it was 1994 when they had the contract with America. And now Senator Rick Scott has one, and both of them are good. But he also has one now that's an 11-point plan to rescue America. I'm comparing the two, and then we're going to parallel them with the Bill of Rights. So I'm working on that. I also have, at the end of this show, in the very last segment, so hang on, we're going to talk about the Omicron. And there's some news that has come out about it, and I'm going to ask you, when will it take America? What will it take America for you to stand up and say enough's enough? Your tax dollars are being used against you. And we'll share more on that segment, but it is coming from the author of the article is Deborah Hine, the Omicron variant was created in a lab, scientists say. Isn't that amazing? Well, it's, I'm going to try and, and uh, introduce today's show. But I wanted to go to the scripture. We will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed as well as the produce of your land and the offspring of your livestock, the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks, your basket and kneading, Bull will be blessed. And that's out of Deuteronomy. America has certainly been blessed. We've grown and grown from our humble beginnings. But have we learned much? To listen to the woke today, we never knew much in the first place. And that we fail to see the workings of this nation, which has provided them health and opportunity. They, they, they're the ones who fail to see that. However, we all tend to be squanderers, many times ungrateful for what we have. Wasteful of our commodities, taken for granted, all will be there yet tomorrow. Now, I'm not a pessimist, but I do know that things are not as they should be right now. We as a nation of people are turned upside down. The woke do not appreciate the country folk, and the country folk see the woke as a nation of all America. They are essential. Rule America is the foundation of all. All America. Production of food and needed commodities come mostly from rural America. You also know I'm concerned about our land, private property, which is essential, uniquely American. There are those who want to remove it from private land, from private hands. I have a personal concern, even though I know many in my area, including families, um, my own family, who have benefited from CPR programs. It still bothers me, especially when a president tells us we might have a food shortage. The wisdom of our founding fathers always amazes me. Thomas Jefferson said, A long time ago, folks, a long time ago, whenever there is, in any country, uncultivated land and unemployed poor, 
It is clear that the law of private property, of property, not private, the laws of property have been so far expended as to violate natural right. Yesterday, we spoke about the absurdity of China and our farmland and our embedded in our departments of agriculture across the nation, working together to take land. But today, we're going to go a different direction, but still talking about our land. My guest, he'll join me after the break, Dr. Scott Irwin. He's a national and international leader in the field of agriculture economics. But I want you to concentrate, too, today on what I'm going to share in the last segment because it is going to, it was a surprise to me. I don't know why, but nothing really surprised me over the top anymore. But the Omicron variant was created in a lab. And it made sense once I read the article as to why that's a possibility. At first I thought, when are we going to just start knocking these people down (laughs) and take it back our nation? And I still think that we should. And also, the Judge Jackson, you need to call your senators at 202-224-3121. That's 202-224-3121. We're going to talk about the land. We're going to talk about, uh, we're going to talk with, um, Dr. Scott Irwin when we come back. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We'll be right back. Daniel Turner, founder and executive director of Power the Future, agrees that America is blessed with an abundance of reliable energy sources. Our natural resources are the lifeblood of our nation and have made our nation prosperous. Rural America is the heart of production in this nation, our food, manufacturing, trucking, and yes, our energy. Power the Future promotes jobs in rural America, specifically our energy jobs. These jobs are all under attack. Wealthy radicals like Tom Stiers and George Soros promised to break the nation's energy independence. Their beloved Green New Deal attacks all that is good in this nation. Our food, our land, our jobs, our families, and of course, our gassy cows. Power the Future is fighting for you, rural America. Join them. Visit PowerTheFuture.com. See the latest news and donate to those who are fighting for you. PowerTheFuture.com. Power the Future is fighting to keep America's lights on. You can look for the silver lining or you can strengthen your portfolio with gold and silver. Optimism is planning for your own financial future. 
Melody Cedarstrom of Discount Gold and Silver Trading has been watching our economy and the banksters for well over 20 years. The U.S. has an unsustainable debt. While the timing of a collapse cannot be predicted, we know the proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back weighs heavier and heavier with each new stimulus and omnibus bill. Because of our debt and the lack of solid backing, those fiat dollars in your pocket continue to deflate in value. However, gold stays true, true wealth. Give Melody Cedarstrom a call at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Discount gold and silver trading for all your precious metal needs. And join Melody weekday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Financial Survival Radio. Visit DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com. Experts across America are gathering to stop the largest federal land grab our nation has ever faced. It's the Stop 30 by 30 Summit in Lincoln, Nebraska on April 22nd. Hosted by Governor Pete Ricketts, presented by American Stewards of Liberty, John Adams said, Property must be secured or liberty cannot exist. Private property rights are an essential part of the foundation of America. Find out how to protect your rights by attending the Stop 30 by 30 Summit on April 22nd in Lincoln, Nebraska at the Graduate Hotel. Register at AmericanStewards.us. Early registration receives a discount. Stop 30 by 30 Summit. Help save our country. April 22nd at the Graduate Hotel in Lincoln, Nebraska. Register now at AmericanStewards.us. That's AmericanStewards.us. And we have returned to listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. Well, like I said in the first segment, we're going to have a guest. It's Dr. Scott Irwin, and he's a national and international leader in the field of agriculture economics. His research on commodity markets is widely cited by other academic researchers and is in high demand among farmers, market analysts, traders, and policymakers. Erwin is best known for his work on commodity market speculation and biofuel markets. Erwin has published numerous academic articles on the subject and has been called upon to provide testimony before the U.S. Congress, the FTC, as well as publishing op-ed articles in the New York Times and Washington Times. Dr. Erwin is also a well-known innovator in the development of agricultural uh, extension programs that have helped hundreds of thousands of farmers in Illinois and the U.S. and throughout the world. His leadership and vision have been the driving force behind the award-winning Farm Doc Project in the University of Illinois. He led the development of Farm Doc Daily, which has the unprecedented and ambitious goal of publishing one original research-based article each day, which has earned it the title of the Wall Street Journal of Ag Business, which is pretty pretty amazing. Well, one of my listeners told me about Dr. Irwin and asked me to have him on the show. He is a researcher, as we have said, and his periodical, Where Did All the Crop Acres Go?, is why we're having him on. Now, there's a lot of data compiled in this article, so I'm going to just have my guest explain it all. I'm going to give a little synopsis here. The recent Farm Doc article was June 10 
of 2020 reported a 2020 estimates of the total acreage base or size of the acreage pie for the U.S. over 1998 through 19, I'm sorry, to 2020. The total was relatively stable, um, from 1998 through 2014, near the average of 359.4 million acres. However, there was a puzzling 14.4 million acre drop in total crop acreage after 2014. This trend was first noted in earlier Farm Doc articles, and those were published in April of 2015 and January of 2016. The purpose of this article is to investigate what happened and that's what we're going to discuss today, to the missing U.S. crop acres. Now, we talk politics a lot here, and I don't know the pol- political views of my guest, and I really don't care. But his research is of great interest and hopefully of great value to all of you that are listening. Dr. Scott Irwin, we uh, welcome you to CSC Talk Radio. How are you today? I'm good. Uh, thank you for having me on your show. Well, we're just excited to have you. I have to say, and I, you know, I'm not, I guess I should be embarrassed, but I'm not. But your data, you're much smarter than me. It's way over my head. So I really want to discuss that because one of my listeners was very impressed when he either read it or heard you talk somewhere else. And he wasn't real clear to me about what that was. But what is happening to our crop acreage today? Well, we know some facts, uh, <laughs> but we don't know others. So let me uh, start with what we do know. Okay. Uh, uh, fortunately, we have uh, some of the best data in the world on the use of the land area in the United States, and in particular for agricultural crops. Uh, not a lot of people pay as close attention to that as I do uh, because, you know, my interest in it is uh, purely for implications in terms of market analysis. Mm-hmm. So I tell people I'm obsessed with anything that affects the price of corn and soybeans. Would we and call so, you a market geek? Is that what we would call you? Absolutely. I'm proud to wear that badge. Uh, I've been a market geek uh, since I was in high school, actually, uh, growing up on a farm in Iowa. So uh, that's me. And so that's why I'm interested in that question, because, you know, market analysts in the grain markets are always interested. Well, how many acres of corn and soybeans are going to be planted uh, every year? Well, how many acres of corn and soybeans that are going to be planted are affected by the total amount of cropland that is available for planting any kind of crop. And it turns out that that varies more over time than a lot of people realize. So I've put quite a bit of effort into trying to account for all of the acres that could be cropped in the United States over time. And that that involves putting together some different databases. I'll, okay. I'll stop there. That's okay. I, you can just keep going because I'm really interested in it. And like I said, just the graphs and things, some of that was over my head. And you know, my background, um, and I, I, uh, I worked for a man named Derry Brownfield, the founder of the Brownfield Network, which I'm sure you're familiar uh. with that. And so he was kind of like you. He said even when he was 
you know, a kid, he would follow Wall Street and he'd follow the, the numbers and the, you know, he liked to, um, to see what was happening with not just the cropland, but the animals, cause he was into that, into that part of the, the stock market parts, stockyards, I'm sorry. And so he, he was kind of like you. So when I say a geek, I don't mean that in a bad way, cause we need you folks to figure this all out and kind of put it all in front of us. So, and well, it is important uh, how much cropland we have. Right. So, that's the the overall context. And so, uh, I've spent some time putting the data together from various sources. And probably why most people don't pay close attention to it is that, uh, as you might imagine, the total uh, doesn't vary typically a lot uh, in the United States. The uh, cropland in any given year uh, is allocated really to mainly three things. Uh, first is cropland that gets planted to something like corn, soybeans, wheat, um, cotton, rice. Uh, those are the big crops. Uh, plus something that we call prevented planting acreage, which has grown in importance over time. Uh, farmers in the United States, through federally insured crop insurance, uh, have an option. If Mother Nature prevents them from planting, uh, like we saw in 2019 on a large scale, oh, yeah. then they can get a partial crop insurance payment on their crop insurance uh, contracts if they just are never able to plant because it's so extremely wet. So you have to account for that. So okay. some of what we intend to plant never gets planted because of Mother Nature. So you have to account for that. And then we have something called the Conservation Reserve Program, uh, the CRP, which uh, contains uh, acreage that is locked up because it's uh, – um, environmentally sensitive in the sense of it's highly erodible um, or, or has uh, benefits in terms of water quality, et cetera. And that's a lot of acres, around 22 million acres right now. So, you know, you have to add those, track those three things over time. And it's really interesting. From the late 90s until about 2013, 14, that total, you know, the components would vary depending on Mother Nature and how many acres are going in and out of the CRP, but that total stayed pretty steady at about 360 million acres. And if you think about that, that seems kind of a sensible result, that that total doesn't vary over time. But then starting in 2014, uh, that total started uh, – a a really kind of surprisingly large decline. We've dropped not quite 15 million acres uh, out of the acreage pie starting in 2014. And then the question is, that's what I addressed in my article that you referenced is, well, where in the world did those acres go? Yeah, and, you know, we're going to head into a break here shortly. And as you were talking, the question was coming up in my head is, do we have idle land that could be being farmed that's not, and for whatever reason, say, uh, that farmer retired or he passed away, nobody in the family took it over, and that land is just sitting there, they haven't done anything with it yet, 
and the fact that we are losing, you know, farmers um, that are just they just quit because it hasn't been it hasn't been able to to uh, uh, to uh, support their families and and they've had to go to town and get a job and cut back on whatever they were doing there on the farm. So you know, those are some things that that I was kind of curious about as to whether that was part of what was going on as well. So I hear music. We're going to head into this break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about what he's found out here. Uh, we have Dr. Scott Irwin with us, and we're talking about land. And we'll be right back. Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We're talking about cropland. I said land, but it's cropland, and we're visiting with Dr. Scott Irwin, who has put a lot of data together. And I didn't mean to throw those questions at you just before we went into that break. It was just a curiosity in my mind. And but let's get back to your data, and then you can answer those questions before, before we. Uh... Well, the, it's easy to answer your questions quickly. Okay. Um, the uh, we're fortunate in the United States that. Uh, we Amen. have plenty of farmers, and we have some of the best farmers in the world, and they're well-informed, they're highly competitive with each other, and there's no land that is going to go unfarmed because we don't have enough farmers. Okay, uh, good deal. Because... Uh, and in fact, if you come here, for example, to Illinois, and you ask... Grain farmers, what their number one problem is, it's acquiring enough land, not too much. Mm. That's and awesome, so, though. We have, you know, I started out in, in before I brought you on in my monologue about the blessings that this nation has been so blessed with natural resources and land. We can provide, you know, so it's, it's, um, it's disturbing to me, and I don't want to get into politics, but when, when we have a president says we're going to have a shortage of food, that's discouraging to me. And uh, a curious thing, because I know our farmers wouldn't allow that to happen if they could. So, cause Well, and in fact, uh, that, that is, um, the, the United States is not going to experience in a uh, total availability of food, any kind of food crisis. Now, there's, for poorer consumers, potentially problems with affordability prices. with mm-hmm. the high prices, but that's right. a different That's a different uh, scenario issue. there, yeah. Yeah, but that the good news is we have great farmers, and uh, all the land will get farmed, and how that happens is that they're all, fam- generally, almost all family farmers, and the family farms get bigger and bigger, and as the older retires farm, as older retires 
farmers retire, they those operations are absorbed into other family well, farm operations that, or the that get bigger. Yeah, either well, the that, family the takes neighbor. it on or the neighbor buys her up. <laughs> so. Yeah, and, and, and it gets farmed. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we don't have any reason to be uh, concerned about that, in my opinion. But, okay. but, but back to – so I described the um, drop in the total acreage of uh, just under 15 million acres. Where did it go? And I – unfortunately, I, I don't have all the answers on that. Uh, when I wrote that article, immediately everybody says, well, that's uh, – Urban development. That's just people selling off uh, 160 around Indianapolis, around Des Moines, around Columbia, around Kansas City, and that's why we're losing prime farmland. And and that's part of the story. I was going to say, we do see that. I mean, I, just going to Jeff City yesterday, there's some farmland that's been sold off, and now it's, you know, there. I, would, I don't know that I'd call California, Missouri a suburb, but, but we've got... Um, you know, people that are building there. They don't want to be in Jeff City or Columbia or, or whatever, and so they want to build out in the country. And so farmers are selling plots of their land for that. So we do see some of that, but maybe that's not enough to to make a great difference. Right. I think one of the reasons why people uh, revert to that explanation is because we can all see it. It happens right here right. where mm-hmm. I'm from, from uh, uh, Champaign, Illinois. There's There's – housing developments uh, going on all over. But then if you step back and look at the data like I do, um, you know, even large um, suburban development or exurbs sometimes as it's called, uh, you know, you can put a huge amount of houses on 160 acres. And so, you know, it, there's just no way that all of the new houses in the United States add up to 15 million acres. I mean, okay. that's a, a gigantic amount of land. The way I put it, that's roughly equal to 15 million acres is roughly equal to the entire gigantic Chicago metro area. Yeah, that's a lot of land. <laughs> so, Yeah, so, and it's just so, so it isn't. So what did we come up with with that? I say we, you know, with air quotes, because Beth didn't do any of the data research. (laughs) What about what? I think the best explanation is, uh, and this is as far as I've been able to push it, because we don't have the exact data needed to answer this question exactly, but it appears that most of those lost acres were in the U.S. Great Plains, and it's wheat acreage, that was probably went to fallow and pasture and just went out of production. Uh, that's most of it. Some of it is also, um, you know, we've had a truly a mega drought going from the, in the far western United States. And so we've maybe probably lost at least, say, 500,000 acres just to drought in uh, California. And, you know, this just adds up. You know, you lose a million acres out west to uh, it's just drought and there just isn't the water to um, irrigate out there. And then wheat farmers abandon five million, six million acres uh, in the Great Plains, which, you know, is a gigantic area. People just forget how big the United States is. And you know, you lose 
100,000, 200,000 acres in this state and 500,000 in this state. And it just adds up. And so I think the number one explanation is really economic. Prices really collapsed after, grain prices really collapsed after 2014, plus the drought in the West. And I think those are the, probably the two biggest factors. But again, I, I don't think that we can pin it down as precisely as we would like to. I, we know that the acres left, the exact reasons we're still working on, but that's that's where my research is. And, and you're going to keep working on that, right? Because that's what you do. <laughs> so. Oh, absolutely. We don't. We we we, we will never stop. Okay, well, I'm going to throw another question out. Like I said, I'm not trying to get into the politics of the, you know, but there are some of these weeds out here that do have some, uh, you know, they do have some, uh, need to look at them. And that would be, what about the preservation or the conservation of some of the land that's being taken up? We have a lot of that in Missouri that has happened. And of course, uh, it happened during the 93 flood. A whole bunch of, uh, bottom land was ruined and then it was just sold out so it could never be be used again and i'm sure that's happened in other other states and what about that kind of taking of the land uh i you know that is going on for various purposes but once again my understanding is that when you add that up in the big big picture it's probably a pretty small part of the loss of 15 million acres okay because that is something that we're concerned about here. We've, we've been talking about the executive order, uh, um, coming up, you know, the fifth, the 14008 with the, uh, promise to take 30% of land and 30% of water and maybe not stop at that. Uh, they said at least that much. And so that's something that we're concerned about. And of course they're claiming that is for preservation and, uh, for, climate change and all this and that and uh i have my I own think, opinions on I that i do but agree that that's going to be that's going to be a, a big issue <laughs> is. a big issue is how far we push those things and how they ultimately affect our productive base for agriculture uh i i do agree that that's an important question i just don't think as of yet that that's we can't put it in the analysis we can't we don't have the right. data yeah and uh those are things that we worry about and you know i just and i'm you know our time's just about up in this segment here but I, you know i'm i fell in love with rural america i was a city girl from kansas city moved to jamestown yeah. missouri little bitty old place and landed in a town called california missouri then years later and uh raised my family here but I'll tell you what, I was married to a man who was farming at that time, and his father was farming. And all the neighbors, and I loved all of them, and I just fell in love with rural America. Because farmers and ranchers are just, they're just a blessing. And they're just, a, they're a unique, unique individuals. And I don't know how else to put it, but I have just absolutely fallen in love with rural America, and I believe it is the absolute foundation of all America. So we have to take care of it. And I thank you for all that you do. Appreciate it very much, Dr. Irwin. I'm going to let you go. Thank you for spending some time with us here on CSE Talk Radio. Don't be a stranger. Give us a holler anytime you want to talk about some something that's pertinent you know, to Thank you. Listeners. I really enjoyed uh-huh. The conversation and just say, those are my people and I'm glad you love them too. Have you heard about Vine to Bar chocolate? 
It's the winemaker's chocolate, the world's first chocolate made with well-vined Chardonnay Mark from the beautiful coastal vineyards of North America. Gently pressed grapes are harvested after juicing, dried, and finely milled and carefully blended into the finest dark chocolate. The Chardonnay Mark contains highly beneficial grape nutrients, flavanols, and has a natural sweetness that flavors the luscious dark chocolate. Mouth-watering, flavorful, delectable dark chocolate goodness with Chardonnay sweetness and beneficial nutrients. And it's alcohol-free, too. It's Vine to Bar chocolate. Order some today at vinetobar.com. That's V-I-N-E. T-O-B-A-R dot com. Cold ship to your door. It's Vine to Bar. Vine to Bar chocolate. Visit us at vinetobar.com. Liberty Tabletop brings liberty to your table. For those of you who want to display your patriot hearts, set your table with Liberty. The new patriotic flatware pattern by Liberty Tabletop. Your dining table sets the mood for the American family and the American dream. Liberty honors our fallen heroes, the Liberty Bell. We the people with stars and stripes are American Eagle and the Statue of Liberty. Each piece of the Liberty flatware pattern is an art with elegance, high-quality work, and high-quality 1810 stainless American steel. Each piece is unique while conveying the same patriotic message, Liberty for all and we love America. Order your set now and a set as a gift for a special patriot in your life. Liberty Tabletop brings liberty home to your table. Use the promo code Beth Ann and receive a discount. LibertyTabletop.com or call them 844-386-2338. Have you ever checked to see how many minerals are in the nutritional products that you take? Not many if they come from fruits and vegetables that do not average more than 12 minerals due to mineral depletion in topsoil. Minerals are the key to good health and longevity, and you need lots of them. A product called Immuno 150 is only $49.95 for a month's supply, and it has 70 plant minerals and 80 other nutrients. There is nothing like it on the market. Now, more than ever, you need to supercharge your immune system, and to do that, you need at least 60 minerals every day. Immuno 150 has more than 70 minerals. Visit Immuno150.com, that is I-M-M-U-N-O-150.com, or call 888-316-2224. That's 888-316-2224. Rachel Campos Duffy is coming to Columbia for Vitae Foundation's annual pro-life event. An author and TV personality, Rachel is highly sought after for her unique views on politics, culture, and parenting. Rachel is the newest co-host of Fox and Friends Weekend and frequent guest on the Today Show and The View. Rachel and her husband, former Congressman Sean Duffy, recently welcomed the birth of their daughter, Valentina, despite her Down syndrome diagnosis. Rachel supports Vitae's pro-woman approach, which effectively reaches women facing unexpected pregnancies with life-saving resources. Come see Rachel Campos Duffy at Vitae's pro-life event on Tuesday, April 26th at the Stony Creek Hotel and Convention Center in Columbia, Missouri. 
Register for this important dinner event before April 15th at adsforlife.org. That's adsforlife.org. CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. Now I have a call out for all of you to make sure that your senators vote against Judge Jackson. She is not fit to sit as a judge on the Supreme Court. Like I said, it has more to do with what her judgeship has done since before this time with the going easy on crime in particular sexual crimes against children. I find that so grievous. But we have three GOPs, rhinos, who the Dems can always seem to count on. That would be Lisa Murkowski from Alaska. So if you're listening in Alaska on the shortwave radio or on the Internet, you need to make a phone call to your senator. 202-224-3100. 202-224-3121. And if you are from Utah, where Senator Romney is your senator, you need to give him a call. Mitt needs to hear you. He needs to hear from you because Mitt has lost his way, if he ever had his way. 202 224-3121. Now I've lost the state from which Collins is from. Sue Collins. She's, she's Maine. I wanted to say Michigan. I knew I'd be wrong. If you're from Maine and you're listening on the shortwave or the internet to CSC Talk Radio, you need to give Susan Collins a little call and tell Susie to vote against this judge if she cares about the children. You need to tell them They must believe in child pornography and sexual abuse against children if they vote for this judge. Is that what Senator Romney stands for? Is that what Senator Murkowski stands for? Is that what Senator Collins believes in? You need to call 202-224. 3121. In fact, even if you're not from their, <laughs> their states, you give a call. You tell your senator and you tell them. And you can look up their phone numbers. I did not do that. Perhaps I should have. But I did not look up their individual phone numbers. But you can do that. You should have it on speed dial. Do they even have speed dial anymore? Everything's so fast anyway. So give them a call. Jackson is unfit to sit. Now, this was something was, and I don't know why, nothing really surprises me anymore, but it says many scientists who have studied the Omicron virus believe that the fast-spreading COVID variant was mistakenly or perhaps purposely released from a lab. The origins of the Omicron outbreak were are murky and suspicious. The virus was first detected in Botswana, South Africa where it was reportedly brought in by a foreign delegation from an unidentified country. Atkins is the uh, uh, journalist 
that Debbie Deborah Hine is getting her information from. Atkins notes public officials will not identify the country, making it more difficult for others to discover its origin. There was a large number of mutations in this variant, many more than we would expect from the normal evolution of this virus, said virologist Andrew Pecos, professor of molecular microbiology and immunology at the Johns Hopkins University. And this was Bloomberg School of Public Health. Importantly, he said, many mutations occurred in the spike protein and the protein the virus uses to bind to and enter cells, which is the target of the vaccine. Now, I found that interesting, very interesting. It did not follow the trajectory of the outbreak, the researcher admitted. One of the hypotheses is that there's been a cryptic and completely separate outbreak going on, or a cryptic transmission. Perhaps someone immune-compromised was infected, and active replication of the virus was maintained for a very long time. However, it says, the alternate theory, the Omicron, was concocted in a lab and escaped is considered by many scientists to be the most likely scenario. Now, they went on in this to every lab in the world, they said, is now working on COVID. It's highly contagious and risky, even with the best of controls. The odds of an accidental release are really, really high. It's very hard to attribute where these poor where these things may have have occurred, but this is an unprecedented time we're living in. Where there are a lot of labs, facilities working on the virus at the same time. And so at any point, we have safety controls to try to keep the pathogens in the labs. But with so many people working under different conditions, different restrictions, different rules, The potential for lab release from some COVID-related work is very plausible. It's something we need to consider. Another suspicious feature of Omicron, according to the multiple scientists, is it apparent mouse origin. The fact is, Chinese and American scientists who had partnered up on research for years prior to the pandemic had found it exceedingly difficult to get the bat coronavirus they were studying to infect lab mice. So the researchers were, in essence, altering lab mice to give them human cells and attribute to get them to catch a genetically manipulated version of covid so that they could try to invent vaccines and treatments for it. In other words, experts say rodents aren't known to naturally catch and transmit COVID-19. So if Omicron came from a mouse host, it likely happened in experimental lab. They go on and explain some of the research and the findings. And if you would like this article, it's an American Greatness article, but I will print it off, have a clean copy. You won't have to look at all my little red notes that are on it. And uh, have it for yourself. Also, the article that I had 
yesterday regarding China, the influence in agriculture here in the United States, and all the little connections. Remember I told you, oh gosh, a year ago, to start writing down all the Chinese connections? Have you been doing that? I've been a little lax, but we got a little file going on them, and that would be one. So if you want those articles, and then I had something last week that I shared with you. We've got some things that I consider very, very important, and you should be reading them and studying them. If you don't agree with them, you can pitch them, but you might want to continue to ponder just what has been said and written and researched. You know, it was it was nice to have Dr. Scott Irwin on today, and I thank him very much for all the research he does on our cropland America is so blessed with such abundance. And farmers and ranchers are the greatest people in the world, in my opinion. I just absolutely love rural America. As he said, they're his kind of people. His kind of people are the foundation of this nation. And it's time that we all stood up in rural America. We cannot be silent. We cannot be so independent that we don't care what's going on. Because it's up to us to bring America This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact. TheEpicTimes.com We at Freedom Factor have a passion for our shared American heritage and want to help restore some of that American pride by emphasizing the documents that made us Americans. Our goal is to put pocket constitutions into the hands of every American and in every school. This effort requires your help. Order your pocket constitutions and browse our website at FreedomFactor.org to learn how you can help spread the message of freedom. Read it, know it, share it. FreedomFactor.org Small Business Tech Guys is a team of experts ready to assist you with any service relating to growing your business. Our team specializes in information and technology, social media, general consulting, and HR. We thrive on assisting startup entrepreneurs with growing their businesses. If it's small business, it's our cup of tea. To schedule your free discovery call today, consider sbtechguys.com. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. sbtechguys.com The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine. The award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com.